the four o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The four o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Four o'clock hour is here. Football frenzy here in just a second. Adam Candy, Cofield, Candy. I know we'll get to Mark Davis, who's hot under the collar. I'm sure a lot of Raiders players are hot under the collar. They're supposed to leave today at 11:15, get on the plane to go to Cleveland, and uh, they were told to stand down. And then within about an hour, we found out Browns and Raiders is now on Monday. Uh, you re- uh, you saw a recent tweet from uh, Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward tweeted out, said, "Quote: Still hot about the game being moved, but nothing we can do about it." But at Browns, players get well. Okay. It seems like about as rational a response as you could ask for. Yeah, I'm upset, but nothing I can do. I hope they get healthy. Um, Use that motivation, man. Use that motivation. Use that chip on your shoulder to say the world's against us, the NFL's against us. It's a Raider tradition. Yeah, what I don't want to hear is the world is against us after a Monday loss. I do not want to hear that next week. You know the situation. Frankly, we know the Browns are going to be hampered going into the game. They're not going to get everyone back. Uh, Put that aside. Prep for a game like this is completely screwed up. You're not focused on football right now. You know, the other thing to remember, too, is uh, just because it's not happening to you, I think we all get caught in this position. I don't mean you, Candy. I mean you in general. We all get caught in this position of watching sports, and it's like the land of make-believe. Like People actually are testing positive, and some are going to get sick. And I saw... Uh, Big Roost, Diana Rossini, tweeted out earlier today, keep in mind, while so many are frustrated about these positive COVID tests, there are people who are feeling sick and have symptoms. Texted with a player this morning to see if he was playing and realized I never even asked if he was feeling okay. Turns out he's been struggling. So that is, that does have to be maybe at the front end. It's not even maybe. At the front end of all of this, uh, it's, it's you know from what we hear from everyone who's gotten it, it's generally not a fun experience. No, and I mean, look, I can remember back in my days when I wrote for a newspaper, kind of different situation, but similar outcomes, where I did a column where I went and I talked to baseball players who got traded midseason about what's life like for you and your family here, right? Like, I understand you have all the money in the world to fly someone wherever they want to go, but if your kids are in school in June or July, and you know, or I should say in June, and or they have to start again in September, like, you might be away from your family for months at a time. Like there are still human beings on the other side of these uh, unfortunate outcomes. Yeah, I was just talking to someone who just got it, and you know now they're worried about one getting through it without uh, too much damage and feeling too crappy. But you also have Christmas around the corner, so these are the rare opportunities you get to hang out with your family. You know, imagine if your mom is, uh, you know, like in my case, you know, my parents are pushing eighty years old. All of a sudden, that could be another Christmas friggin' ruin. So. A lot going on here. We don't want to lose sight of the fact that, you know, while we're screaming about scheduling and rules and testing and all that in the world of sports, there are, you know, real, real, real world effects of this thing. So with that said, let's jump into another great debate that goes on in college football. We're seeing the bowl games roll out. Uh, We found out officially now that both Kenny Pickett's and Kenneth Walker III are out of their bowl game. It's Pittsburgh. It's Michigan State. And the complaining has begun. Uh, 
I don't know if this is a complaint. Ralph Russo, AP, said uh, would have been a hell of a first-round playoff game with those players. Hmm, not so interesting as a bowl. Is Ralph onto something here? You know, if you had extended this thing out a little earlier to 12 teams, there's a good chance that, you know, Pitt's in as the ACC rep, that Michigan State is in, and those guys will actually play. And, of course, Candy, on the other side, there is the crowd who are like, these guys are selfish. Where's the loyalty? They should be playing. It's only a Band-Aid if you do a 12-team playoff and maybe that gets Kenny Pickett to stay. Right. Maybe that gets any number of other players who finished you know, 5th, 6th, 7th in the CFP rankings to stay. You can do that. You can try to plug a finger into a dam that's about to rush through, but that's all you're doing because what we've already seen with the NIL deals is the fact that we're coming closer to players getting paid. And what these players are doing, strip away all of the colors that are on their jerseys, take the helmets off. What they are doing is they are leaving their unpaid internship to get ready for their real job, period, for generational money that if they blow out a knee in a bowl game playing for zero dollars and zero cents, they might never get the opportunity to change multiple generations of their family. If you are mad about it, you need to look in the mirror and ask yourself what you would do, and you're lying if you say you would play. You're lying! You're lying. There are some people who are uh, loyal, Candy, and would stick it out. Yeah, if I'm player number 935 <laughs> on the roster, right. I'm in, baby. Right. You tell me when I need to be there. If I'm Kenny Pickett, deuces. Yeah, yeah. South Carolina radio host Mark Ryan was saying... On the other side, how many Clemson players are skipping out on the cheese it Bowl? Oh, none? You mean the woke haven't gotten to them yet? Amazing how when your program has a true leader, the program buys into what's right. The all-in means you're playing for something larger than yourself. Candy. Wow, I'm surprised he was able to get that out of his mouth with whatever else might have been. <laughs> I thought you might the go time. there. I thought you might go there. Just saying, he might—I don't know—maybe he was at lunch or something like that, and you know, he had a full mouth, and he's trying to get all that out. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you're a Clemson player and you're used to playing for national championships, and now your leader, Dabo, has led you to the Cheez It Bowl, you're not skipping out on that because you got a leader. Well, you know, I follow our friend Mark Ryan, who's a radio guy in South Carolina. I will follow him to see what happens in the future if he does indeed leave a job high and dry to go for a better job somewhere down the road. Uh, interesting along these lines, because, you know, there's a lot of college coaches who think we don't have fact checkers. We forget things. The internets don't exist. Uh, Gene Chizik a couple of days ago said, every scholarship offensive lineman in Texas will get $50,000 a year in a new NIL deal, not to mention the $200,000 education. Americans struggling to find $50,000 jobs to feed their children. Next, it's $100,000 a player with no end in sight. Flawed system. Most dollars win. A Brendan Quinn responded, as part of a six-year deal worth $6.75 million, Gene Chizik earned, $1.35 million per victory is five wins in two years as the Iowa State coach. Auburn then paid Chiswick roughly $9 million to go 33-19 and 19 in four seasons, and then it paid Chiswick a $7.5 million buyout to go away in 2012. Brendan said, flawed system indeed. I love when hypocrisy is smashed right back in your fat face. 
Not that Gene me? Chizik has a fat face. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were talking about me or Gene Chizik. No, but no. Yeah, Gene Chizik, um, he's like all the rest of the college coaches right now who are really, really mad that someone else is getting a piece of the grift. Right. Right? Like, they're, <laughs> used, the they're used to being the ones who are the only ones getting paid out of this thing. They're used to being the ones who control which players get money and which players don't. They're used to being the ones who tell the defensive coordinator who tells the assistant coach who tells the grad assistant who tells the booster <laughs> yeah. how much money the player gets not the car dealership Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy dial 702-577-2600 now home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower get your mortgage today by calling 577-2600 Players on opposing teams that are going to be facing off against the Cleveland Browns have the potential to feel away. And if you got 20-plus players on the reserve COVID-19 list, well, you would have a decided advantage against the Cleveland Browns as opposed to playing this game on Monday and knowing that they have a chance to get some of those guys that they're going to rely on back. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a What a perfect song for the rest of The Company. I don't even know who The Grinch is, but uh, as we approach the holidays, oh, God. The COVID Grinch! Go away! Enough, enough, enough. Candy's here. It's Cofield. Stanford route, NFL insider, former Raider, former Chief. We'll break down a Thursday night football because that was kind of interesting, but... First, Stanford, how you doing, buddy? I, I hope you're healthy. I hope you're good. Uh, yeah, I'm doing uh, doing fine, fellas. Well. It seems like uh, uh, this virus is ramping up again with this new variant, but hopefully, uh, like I said, right now I'm, I'm healthy, safe, uh, all of that, just getting ready to go and watch some football this weekend. Well, the Browns, the Rams, Washington football team are not, and the NFL threw them a lifeline. What do you think about this? There's a lot of people who are mad that these games got uh, pushed back. Oh, man, I'm not really sure where I come out on that. Uh, I, I have a little bit of both sides of it. I think that, you know, the NFL, they 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 erred earlier on in the offseason when they basically said that they were not going to move. They were not going to postpone. They were not going to reschedule any games due to COVID. It would just simply be a forfeit. And now all of a sudden, because everything is happening right now this weekend, that's when they're going back on their word. And now they're uh, modifying the schedules and things like that. So uh, from that standpoint, I definitely see uh, where a lot of people – feel a certain level a certain level of anger or just you know just discontentment but i think also in the next breath when you look and you see that i mean do you really want to see a game as a casual nfl fan without baker mayfield without case keenum like without taylor heineke do you want to see the rams without odell beckham without von miller without a myriad of other players i think jalen ramsey as well do you want to see that? that? That's not a good product for the NFL. That's not a good product for your league. So I definitely see why the NFL did it. But, you know, for me, from, from a player standpoint, if I'm the Las Vegas Raiders, I am so desperate for a win right now. We've lost to the Giants. We've lost to the Bengals, lost to the Washington football team, uh, lost to the Chiefs twice. So uh, we're, we're desperate for a, for a win right now. And if we have a chance to steal a victory because a team is ailing, they have a lot of people that are going to be on the COVID list. And, hey, let's go ahead and take that free W uh, per se. So uh, we should not be punished because other teams, or should I say another team, they did not do what they needed to do 
to make sure that they were available to have the majority of their starters and their uh, their better known players to be able to go ahead and suit up on Saturday afternoon. So I, I, I see both sides of it, but definitely uh, it's disappointing. So the game pushed back two days. Uh, with players is because it, you know it's very regimented your schedule. Is there such a thing as peaking for the game, and can you just restart the clock and go? You know what? The peak was going to be Saturday afternoon. Now it's going to be Monday, or is that a bunch of bullcrap? Where it's just like you know what? When the game is, that's when it goes down. We can peak whenever we need to. Well, yeah, it definitely is a little bit of a monkey wrench being thrown into your plans because if you're the Las Vegas Raiders, you probably are leaving today to go ahead and fly to Cleveland, play the game tomorrow afternoon. So now all of a sudden, instead of leaving on Friday, you're now not leaving until, what is it, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening for the game that's going to be played on Monday versus the Cleveland Browns. So it definitely changes your routine because now if you're the Las Vegas Raiders, what are you doing on Saturday? You've already had all your work for the week. What are you doing on Saturday? You probably have a few more meetings, maybe one more walkthrough. What are you doing on Sunday? So it definitely takes a lot of perseverance to be able to go ahead and handle adversity, definitely from that standpoint. But, yeah, to your point, Steve, like it's still football. They're going to kick the ball off on Monday. Somebody's got to catch the ball. Somebody's got to throw the ball. Somebody's got to tackle the quarterback. I'm sorry, sack the quarterback, tackle the running back, catch touchdowns, things like that. So once it all, once the ball is kicked off, it's still football. But, yes, it definitely throws a monkey wrench into your plans as far as preparation. And there's only one team that I know of in the NFL that is able to just withstand several acts of adversity and to be able to go ahead and come out on top. And that's the New England Patriots. And that's because of Bill Belichick. So I think in times like this, it really comes down to coaching and leadership to be able to withstand a lot of the adversity, a lot of the monkey wrench being thrown into your plans to go ahead and not let that trip you up. Freaking tremendous game last night on the boob tube, on the stream with the Chargers and the Chiefs and also on social media because of the analytics versus the gut crowd. Uh, So let's first of all talk about the Chargers side. As a player, as a former player, were you cool with Staley being consistent? Like, we go for it, and we're always going to go for it. And if we don't execute, we don't execute. But we are going for it. Uh, I... I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of always or never. I, I'm just not a fan of that. I think it all comes down to what's going on in the game. Who has the momentum? What's the flow of the game like? What do you think your quarterback is doing? Does that defense look like they're a little bit like they're out there ailing, like they're a little gas, like they're a little winded, things like that? I, I, I'm not a fan of always or never. So I believe that that right there is just a situational type of call where okay, I'm feeling like we got the momentum right now. Let's go ahead and and, uh, and go for this fourth down. Or you know what? It seems like we're we're not really gelling uh, right now on offense, so let's not go for this fourth down. Or it just seems like that defensive tackle is getting penetration, so we're not going to be able to run the ball straight up the gut on this fourth and two, whereas we would if we did not feel like the nose tackle was beating our center or something like that. So uh, as a player, uh, I, I, I like our coach being aggressive. I definitely do, but there's sometimes you don't want to be dumb tough. I believe the 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 Los Angeles Chargers what lost what they they left what 12 points out there on the field where they could have kicked field goals and uh, and that obviously would have been the difference in the game. So, I, I as a player, I'm gonna look at Brandon Staley. I'm gonna look at the head coach is a little in disbelief of like, hey man, like I understand that you're playing aggressive, you're coaching the uh, you're coaching the game aggressively, but I do believe there has to be a certain point where you cannot have those analytics and you got to use man analytics, which is really just common sense and understanding what the flow of the game entails. 
I wonder if there were some defensive players on the Chargers side who at the beginning of the, the fourth quarter were like uh, wanted to walk up to Staley and tell him, listen, man, if there's a chance to get a field goal here and push it to a two-score lead, uh, we're feeling a little tired. Also, we've held down Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Can you give us a little help? I, I don't know. I don't know what goes into the process. And I, but I also think there's part, part of this. Stanford is that Staley is trying to establish a certain tone with the team, um, and I do think I, I believe there is something about consistency. It doesn't have to be always, um, but but on that point, let, let's let's talk about the fourth quarter because okay. that's when the Chargers' defense kind of fell apart. And yeah. I guess we can blame some of it on the absence, mostly the absence of you know Derwin James not being available for the entire game. What exactly was going on where Travis Kelsey could find holes in the middle of that defense and then run so freely? Well, a lot of that had to do with the fact that uh, the Chargers started going man coverage in the fourth quarter. As you can see, uh, that, that one long run where Travis Kelsey was stopped right around the two-yard line, yeah. uh, that was man coverage, and just simply one of the DBs just slipped and fell. That's why he was so wide open. And then I think on the uh, the, uh, the game-winning walk-off touchdown, I believe that was just zone coverage, and they just simply just uh, misaligned, and they weren't put together the right way, and obviously Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes took advantage of it. So I think that uh, uh, they definitely did not employ that same mindset, that same defensive methodology that you saw the Raiders use last year, not this year, last year, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do in the playoffs where they're basically going to make Pat Mahomes throw the check down, throw the ball underneath, come up, make tackles, and make the Chiefs go the long, hard way and not give up those big chunk plays. And that just goes to show right there, once again, as far as the defense goes, there was a point in the game where the Chargers could have been up nine points. They could have been up, I believe it was 23 to 14 or something like that. And because they're going for it on fourth down, because they're turning the ball over inside their own five-yard line, they're missing out on points. And I think when you're going against the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, I understand the Chiefs are rolling right now, but the Chiefs still do not seem like the same team that they were last year or the year before. I don't care what nobody says. So when you're going against the Kansas City Chiefs, it would behoove you as a head coach to give your defense a little bit of a cushion, a little bit of seven-point lead, nine-point lead, because you know that they're going to come around. They're going to make their plays. Tariq Hill, Travis Kelsey, Miko Hardman, all those boys, they're going to make their plays. And I think that when you go out there and it's a situation where we only are up a field goal and we got to stop Pat Mahomes from not getting just a field goal, I think right there you're putting your defense in a very tough bind. Stanford, you talk about what teams have done to the Chiefs now and trying to keep everything in front of them and playing those safeties deep. And, of course, the Raiders have been the exception to that rule over the last couple of months where they've stayed mostly with what they do, which is more cover three. From yes. the perspective of a defensive player, if you have learned a system and you play that system week in and week out, would it be difficult if you're the Raiders to adjust and do the things that other teams have been doing to the Chiefs to try to slow them down? Yeah, it probably would be a little bit difficult, and that's where it comes back to coaching. When you look at the New England Patriots, the way that they are set up with Bill Belichick, I remember Richard Seymour told me this way back in 2009, and he, would t and he told me, the thing that makes Bill so great is because it could be the middle of training camp, and all of a sudden he will just call everybody up and say, hey, our left tackle just went out with an injury. Offense has to go down and, uh, and get a score against our starting defense. Bam, go right now and you just have to handle adversity. Or it's a situation where all of a sudden now, we're gonna run a completely different coverage from what our usual bread and butter is. You gotta be able to adapt as a coach. You gotta know that, okay, 
what we do well or what our bread and butter is won't work against that team. That's why styles make matchups. So as a coach, you need to prepare your team in training camp, in OTAs, weeks beforehand, okay, this is what we're going to be doing a good amount of against this team because this is what works against them. So I believe that, yeah, I understand sticking to what you do well. I understand that part. But if your style does not match up with theirs, then you're just setting yourself up for failure. And that's why, like I said, Bill Belichick being one of the best because he knows how to do what? It starts with an A. It ends with DAP. He knows how to adapt. And I think as a D coordinator, when you're going against that juggernaut over there in Kansas City, you have to be able to adapt to what slows them down regardless of if that's a part of your philosophy or not. Stanford Rout, the former Raider, is up with us here. Uh, back to the Raiders and Browns. You know, actually, I want to put that off for a second because I got one final question on the, the Chargers Chiefs and sort of the aftermath of it. I've heard different sports talk shows today and they're you know, talking about, hey, good Chiefs win. You know, clearly they're the team to beat along with the Patriots. Am I the only one who walks away from the Chargers effort and goes, the Chargers outplayed the Chiefs, held them down for three and a half quarters, three quarters. They beat them the first time. Maybe last night was the battle between the best and the second-best team in the AFC. Uh, I, I don't think that's really uh, too far off of a statement to make. I think the Chargers are a damn good team, and I think that Brandon Staley, the head coach, and his aggressive play calling simply is the reason why they lost that game. I think that if you go and you add in those 6 to 9 to possibly 12 points of just field goals that the Chargers passed up, I think that's the game right there, and then Justin Herbert's going to be able to bring you home. But when you go out there and you lose Derwin James and you have certain injuries, and then the fact that your team is getting gassed when you get to the fourth quarter and now in overtime – I think that's where I think that's where they went wrong, not giving themselves those points when they had the chance. I understand the aggressive, uh, the aggressive thinking, the aggressive play calling, but right there, I think that uh, you got to use common sense in those situations. But nonetheless, like I said, to the thought of having the two best teams in the AFC playing right there, the Chargers and the Chiefs, I don't think you're far off on that, Steve. But I, I right now still would go with the New England Patriots because they run the ball well. Uh, they play great defense. They're going to be able to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs. If you can see teams like the New York Giants slowing down the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't see any reason why the New England Patriots. So uh, maybe the top three, two of the top three teams, maybe something like that. But, uh, but definitely the Chargers, I love Justin Herbert. I love watching him play. The Chargers got, got a lot going on over there, and they're definitely going to be a team that the Raiders will have to deal with for a number of years on top of what we already know about the Chiefs. Stanford, be safe. Have a great weekend. We'll uh, catch up with you next week, okay? All right, you guys be good. Be safe. There he is. Stanford route. Yeah, I'm going to say on the Patriots, Candy, I feel like we're starting to set up a situation here with the Pats having to play it close to the vest, Against the good teams like the Chiefs and a good team like the Chargers who have a quarterback, the Patriots have to be perfect throughout the game. Meanwhile, those two teams, because of those two quarterbacks and the weapons they have, the Pats slip up once or twice on defense, and Mahomes and Herbert make you pay. Mac Jones ain't that guy. I'll tell you what, though. What it reminds me of is early Brady. Early Brady couldn't go out there and beat you all by himself. Early Brady relied on the system and the defense. And think back to the tuck rule game, right? That was early Brady and that team needing help and only having 10 points late in the game uh, and coming through to win. So I think that's more the Mac Jones, uh, Bill Belichick dynamic that you have right now. Um, I also need to say just before we uh, before we move on that I, as someone who who 
obviously believes in analytics. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to do some research into analytics. <laughs> oh, we ain't moving on from analytics. Believe me, it's coming back because that was the freaking rage last night, that debate going on on social media. That's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Right now, though, uh, the Press Box has all these prizes to give away. We got to give them out. Press Box holiday hookup on ice. Today's the last day. You can qualify for the grand prize. Right now, though, Caller 11, you will win four tickets to see Disney on ice. Caller 11, 364 364-1100, 364-1100, and then you qualify for the grand prize. Thank you, Pressbox. Pressbox uh, wrangled up a 55-inch 4K smart TV that will be given out on December 21st, which is right around the corner, but your only way to get in for the TV is to be caller 11 right now with Santa Ari. Be nice. Don't be naughty. 364-1100. More of Cofield and Company is on the way. Live in the Finley Toyota Studios. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. It's a beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird. Here to stay is a new bird. Good, there you go. Yes, Willie's uncle. Uncle Paul. Uncle Paul Anka. Willie, after a begging for really weeks. Weeks for the Vast Sound crew to get a little bit of his family, you know, legendary Paul Anka into the show. Uh, Ari finally came through, Candy. Isn't it nice? Isn't it nice? He finally came through for poor old Willie. Ari's not much for the holiday music, so I I assume he's going to fight it as hard as possible. You know, he's actually been pretty good. He's definitely not a traditionalist, so a lot of the stuff he plays now has some kind of corny mix in it. You know, if I hear a a changed-up Grinch one more time, come on, the original was good enough. We don't need to freaking put DJ horns in there. I've heard you do that a couple of times, circa 1990s. No? I like to be different. I know. And people do love your music. I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not me or Candy, but the audience does seem to like it. They're more important. All right, Candy. How much food and drink are you giving away for the holidays as you, uh, you spiff the people that are important in your life? How much am I giving away? I am going to be hosting some friends at my house tomorrow. Oh, I is will that be, oh, is that right? I will be presenting them okay. with the finest of food and drink. Is that right? I will. Yeah. I will. All of it. What's, all of it. They will be taking home um, they will be taking home large packages of of things yet to be purchased. Ari and I going to our text here. Adam Candy. It's spam. Let me see if I. Did you check your junk mail for the invite? Looking on my phone. No, I. I, I, Guys, I don't. I I DM'd you on MySpace. I don't see anything here. No, I. I DM'd you on MySpace. (laughs) Is that right? Is that right? Yes, it's it's in it's in your MySpace messages. You know that's it's it's okay. We you know we're we're all trying to be safe. We're all trying to be safe. Uh, You're only going to let the most important people into uh, Casa de Candy. I do have a question later on. Adam Hill's going to check in with us from Cleveland, where he's got to be now for four plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cancellation kind of hurts Adam. He flew out last night. Um, can you put this on the tease board? Uh, Adam Hill told a story the other day about being at Enchant at the LV ballpark. 
I forgot to ask him who he was with. And this is a small town, and I do have moles all over the town. So there seemed to be a sighting. Adam Hill was not alone, so we'll see what happens when he's on with us. A lot of secrecy. You know, a lot of secrecy in the Cofield and Company crew about what's going on with get-togethers and parties and visits to lovely Christmas setups. A lot of secrets. I mean, enchant all by itself is a romantic word. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, exactly. Romantic setting. I, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yep. Hmm. Side note, do you ever do that 23 and Me just to check if you've got some uh, kids you don't know about running around? Interesting setup to that. Um, so basically, you're asking me, Steve, have you ever gone out to a holiday ice skating event, gotten a little freaky with a lady behind the skate shack, and then found out about it nine months later? Is that what you're asking me? Well, what I was asking is uh, basically when you see a friend uh, with uh, a child in tow, are you like, where? wait a second, where did this child come from? Is this something we don't know about? So I think that is a reasonable question. That's all a setup for around 540 we'll be asking about. Adam Hill and his his holiday whereabouts. Hmm. Is that good? Works for me. Yes. Uh, Promotions all over the sports world now, right? Organizations appreciate us, the fan. Gifts galore, right? We get ticket specials. Sometimes they're just straight-out giveaways. Uh, There's no more generous family and organization than the New York Giants. They respect their fans. Uh, Mara and company apparently with a cool promotion recently for fan appreciation. Did you see this? Unfortunately, I did. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to tell the fine folks of Las Vegas what the New York Giants are giving their fans? Maybe Raiders fans will be jealous. What I compare this to is someone who gives you a picture of themselves for a present. <laughs> because yes. the New York Giants handed out a <laughs> Free medium soda to their fans, uh, a, a complimentary medium soda. And let's be honest here, Steve. If any franchise in the NFL is the medium soda of football, <laughs> yes. it's the New York Giants. It is not really enough to be satisfying. It's probably not good for your health in the long term to continue to consume it. And yet, it's just enough for someone to claim that they actually did something for you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, the New York Giants under Dave Gettleman, right? Like, they haven't really tanked to where they could get a real quarterback. They haven't won enough to be in the playoffs. They've just won a few games so that you feel like you can get to the next meal. They're the free medium soda of the NFL, and that's what they gave their fans. So maybe, maybe it's kind of like a little keepsake so you always remember the Giants. Man. That right there with some bells and some Christmas music. Wow, that would that could be a great thirty second promo. Ari's writing. Think, Ari, Ari's writing it down right now. He put it on a tee for you, Ari. It's not as fun when when you think of it. I like to think of it myself. Well, I, mean, I you know I, I didn't know if I, you could be writing anything down right now. You could have been writing down food items and drink to give to uh, some special people around you, like in the company. Just just kind of wondering what's going on there with the thought process. Um, there is the issue of the medium soda itself. Just in everyday life. When's the last time you ordered a medium soda? It's the last time it was even offered to me. I see small and large when I go out. I never I see know. medium as an option, right? They never they never say when you go through the drive-thru, like, would you like to upgrade to the medium? No. Nope. Oh, I don't need medium. What's the point? If you're going to upgrade, upgrade. Upgrade to the large. If you're going to upgrade from Ari, 
you go get a big time producer. You don't go upgrade to the first producer who walks in the door. Sure. Like jumping up to Damon. While we love Damon, no, you're saying no Damon is the medium the medium soda of producers. Ari is the small. No disrespect. That, that we're we're making clear that Damon is a step up, and he probably celebrates all Christmas music, and he probably eats food that has had salt and pepper on it. Yes. But when we go out and we look for a you know our new Cofield and Company producer, I think we should go and swing for the fences and get a large soda upgrade for real. Sounds like a given almost the way Candy's talking. Um, and the only reason I brought up Ari because uh, while everyone else on the show just pummels him, including Willie, it's taken Willie about six weeks to basically be at the front of the line to kick Ari every time uh, he's down or not down. The only reason I brought up DeMond is that I saw some people over on Raider Nation Radio 920 raving about DeMond and the work he does. And for a second, I was like, what about Ari? But I didn't do that. So sorry, Ari. I did not step up and actually defend you. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. All right, so lots of COVID moves, postponements, cancellations. Uh, do want to correct something. I think I said earlier that the uh, one game that is remaining that they put together at the uh, T-Mobile Classic there for college basketball, 2.30 start our time, 2.30 start our time. So it was going to be a doubleheader in the afternoon. Uh, Ohio State and UCLA are out, so Kentucky and North Carolina are going to play. That game is here in town. Uh, meanwhile, Candy, because the number on that game is Kentucky one and a half, trying to bet – Almost anything else, especially in the world, uh, well, it's everything. NBA, NHL, and football has become a freaking joke. What do you think about the way the books are handling the NFL? Have you seen the Monday and Tuesday games reposted pretty so much everywhere? Yeah, it's not everywhere, though. It, what's going to happen is some sports books consider it action anytime within a week right. of the original schedule date. Some are refunding you immediately. Uh, for example, station casinos, if you bet any of these three games that have been moved, you're getting your bet refunded and you can bet again if you want to when the game gets reposted. But MGM considers it action anytime within a week. So, that you know, if you bet early, that's what's going to happen. And I got to tell you, Steve, I'm someone who is pretty dedicated to looking at opening lines on Sunday nights for the NFL, if not look aheads in certain situations. Mm -hmm. And... It's worthless right now. You can't even consider it. If you're betting an NFL game right now without some sort of angle on that in the first place, and you're just going in and looking and saying, you know what? It's Monday. It's Tuesday. I want to bet on Sunday's games. You are setting yourself up for a world of heartache right now because I'm not sure I could bet anything before the inactives are in on Sunday at right. this point. I'm not even sure in the in the Raiders-Cleveland game why... We, why you would, I guess maybe you're doing a preemptive move here with Cleveland. So we've talked about where this line has gone all week. It got as high as six and a half Cleveland favored on Monday. Yesterday I talked about, because I had bet Cleveland in the middle of the move. Yesterday we talked about Cleveland getting three and a half. Now it looks like it's being reposted at minus one and a half. If Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum, and I'm sure some of that speculation is baked into the number, but if one of those guys is ready, especially Baker Mayfield, doesn't the line go to, like, three? So I guess you would want to bet Cleveland now. You're not going to take the Raiders now. I mean, trying to bet these games is ridiculous. So I was listening to 
uh, one of our frequent guests here on Cofield and Company, Eric Eager, on the Pro Football Focus Forecast podcast earlier this week. And he was discussing what you do if you're going to bet early week right now. So remember where this line got to at one point. This was Browns minus six and a half at one point uh, on Sunday afternoon last week. And so you kind of have to ask yourself, if someone loses out, who loses out? Right. If you bet the Browns minus six and a half and Derek Carr goes down with COVID, it's a great bet. Right. Uh, you, you know, that, that line's going to steam out to eight, nine at the least in favor of the Browns. If you bet the Browns and you lose Baker Mayfield, is it that big a step down to Case Keenum? Like, how big is the move? Right. Like, you kind of have to look at yourself and say, all right, if I'm going to bet this early and I think I have some sort of angle on this. What do I lose in either direction if I choose to go ahead and bet it? Again, I think the smarter play is not to. I think you also can probably wait and play props uh, if you want to because props are going to come out closer to the game with fuller information about who's playing. Now, you don't have as many choices in Las Vegas to do that. I will shout out uh, Boyd because they have a large, large menu of player props that I have been playing weekly this season. But yeah, I mean, otherwise... You really are throwing darts in the dark right now when it comes to the COVID situation. Rams yesterday were four, four and a half. Uh, the game's been pushed back to Tuesday. Some of the reposts have the Rams at six and five and a half. Eagles were as high as 10. That's also a Tuesday game against football team, and Eagles are down to seven and a half, eight. How can you touch it? I mean, all of these teams that we're talking about <laughs> yeah. have 20-plus players yeah. out for COVID, and even this pushback of a day or two, you have to assume that the NFL's logic in the end is not whether the third-string tight end can make it back. It's can any of these teams, especially the Browns and the football team, whose quarterbacks are all in COVID, COVID protocol, do can they somehow get to at least the backup? Can you at least get to Case Keenum or Kyle Allen in this game as opposed to having to play third stringers? And I assume books are being really careful about limits now so you don't get middled into oblivion. I mean, I think with a situation like what's happened this week, I mean, the, you know, first of all, understand that the limits go up as the week goes on in the first place, right? So that's why often you're seeing these big moves on Sunday morning is because the limits have gone up. The sharp groups have waited for the limits to go up, and they're going to get in where they want to get in. But uh, I, I can't imagine anyone is exposing themselves quite that much right now. Stick around. Cofield and Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios.